Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would like to tell you a story. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest knife treat ovens available. Find your next heat treat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Knife Talk Podcast. This is where we talk knives, we answer questions, we try to make you giggle a little bit. I'm here with the illustrious Mr. Craig Lockwood, short a little bit of his finger. I'm also here <clears throat> with Mr. Jeff Vader, the uh, the famous Epicurious uh, knife maker. And uh, yeah, here we are. We're here to talk to you guys. So, uh, Jeff, what have you been up to this last week, my man? Well... It's been a it's it. been a very blacksmithy week, which I like. Uh, I got a few oh, knives. I, yeah, I got a few knives finished. Um, little projects I finished, and then um, I decided that I wanted to try to do a little bit more stuff in my website. That they, you know, little tiny things and little fun things and stuff that I've done in the past. Like I've done bottle openers. We put those up, and and then I started to do uh, these barbecue um, like four. They're like hooks. They're like barbecue hooks that some of these guys use. And steak I, flipper. Yeah, like a steak flipper. I did one for a while. I got a, a train spike, and I forged it out of a train spike. So you could see the head of the train spike is kind of like the back of the handle. And I put in this um, this cube twist, and then I forged I drew it out and then put a thing on. And people really liked it, so I made a pile of those. And then, um, actually, I, uh, I wanted to, at some point, maybe down the line of this episode, I can kind of explain you know, the quickest, easiest way to do it, the cube twist. It's a super, super easy twist. It looks great mm. and stuff like that. And then, um, so I did that. And then we kind of like, we're going to do some sort of Father's Day special. I'm going to make 15. I made 10 and then they're already almost all spoken for. So I'm going to make 15 more. And then we're going to try to do something to kind of like, you know, deal with holidays and stuff like that, gifts and stuff like that. So then, and then, sure. uh, and then, uh, Yesterday, I got invited to the New Jersey Steel Baron, which I'll talk about later. I got a tour of the of the, of the facility. Pete Bruno and the guys at the New Jersey Steel Baron rolled out the red carpet for me. It was pretty impressive. Um, and I, well, I'll talk about that later. And then I they got that time website done yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then after that, I went to no, they're working on it. Look, I'm going to there's actually there are a lot. They're going through a lot of really, really cool things. I was very impressed with what Pete's doing over there and what he, the changes that he's making. And Aldo's, you know, OK, we'll talk about it later. And then I got to go over to my buddy Sunset Forge's shop because he's only 20 minutes away from the Baron. Oh, and you then got it. 
I dropped there. off I dropped off some uh some stuff for him and then he gave me some more train spikes and then he says, Hey man, I made this Damascus. Cliff and I made this bar of Damascus. You wanna you wanna fool around with it? And I said, Yeah, sure. So he cut me off uh three inches of it and he and Cliff um made this uh they don't do a lot of Damascus and they were just really kind of they they made this billet and it was he gave me a three inch piece by uh seven eighths by inch and a quarter and uh, i use your technique of, dr- of drawing out a uh of drawing out how you your state the way you make an integral knife and i forged yeah. out an integral knife um with their you know new power hammers and i never really use a ford uh, a press and i was that was nervous making but I, we did that and i tell you what the boys did a great job i i stretched that fucker to the limit and there were no nice. delaminations. It moved super, super soft. Uh, he forged me a hammer while I forged him a knife, and it was kind of like this friendly competition who could start, who could finish first. And we had a fun, fun time. And I think I was we were both kind of neck and neck towards the end, and we were you know fooling around for a little bit. So uh, you know he he, I, he kind of beat me, kind of. You, you might want to keep the uh, the finishing first talk down when you're talking about hanging out with other guys. The finishing first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, here he goes. Right off the right out of the shoot. Uh, right out of the shoot. Hey, All you right, brought yeah. it up. Well, uh, yeah. So he finished he finished forging a little bit a little bit like one heat, two heats closer than me, but it, I was like pill paddle. I was like fooling around a little bit. So but we had a great time and then uh and then I just put that that new hammer, I gotta heat treat it, and that's that's where I'm at. Getting ready for his blade show. Love it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Those meat hooks, I love. I love those handles. And I know you want to talk about them more in detail, but they just look so cool. And especially when they're hot, when they're still red, it looked amazing. I tell you what, twists are the one blacksmithing thing that you don't need an anvil for. No. You know, for some types of twists, and we're going to go into, you. if you remind me, I'll tell you exactly how to make that cube twist. It's super easy. You don't need an anvil. You don't need a hammer. You don't need, all you need really is a, a grinder and a heat source because it's, it's super easy, tons of bang for your buck. I love doing twists because it's all about the preparation of the material before you twist it. And then once you mm-hmm. twist it, it's like, you know, it just really, really, there's a lot, you get a lot out of it. You get a lot out of it. And I think that that's the one thing that a lot of blacksmiths don't do as much of. But uh, it's something you should remember that twisting really creates something very dynamic. So yeah. so for those who haven't seen, go and look at Fader Knives on Instagram uh, and see his latest. They're, they're amazing. They're yeah, thank sure. you. Thank you very much. What about it. you, Craig? Craig, what have you been up to this past week? Lots more daddy daycare. <laughs> Lots more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm ramping things up, ready to do these um, these these custom steak knives where you, you can build your own kind of thing. Um, so it's been spending shitloads of money, which hasn't been good. So... Um, <laughs> As, as, as well as doing the, the web stuff, I've, I've needed to get all the materials in. Because um, there's actually, I've, I've worked out there's going to be 1,360 variations you can choose from. Holy smokes. So oh, Lord have mercy. It's a lot. Two of, different blade shapes. There's going to be various liners, various pins, various mosaics. It's, so, so, so I've needed to get quite a bit of stock in ready for this. Um, and yeah, it's looking really good. So I'm really impressed the way it's going to look. Um, the way it's going to sit on the site and how easy it's going to be for a customer to just completely choose a custom knife and just to be able to see it. To, you know, don't you don't need to imagine it. You can actually see it. And these will be pictures of real knives. It's not like CGI stuff. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So I think that's going to be launching in about three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I've, I've been ordering, you know, stuff for photography as well, because you need to be very consistent with the photography with this kind of thing. So, so sure. various lights, light tents, diffusers and all these kind of things. Um, so a lot of work in the sort of background for that, but it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So I'm going to start it with steak knives simply because that's mainly what I've been doing the last year, mainly steak knives. So start with steak knives. Once that's up and running and I get those initial orders out of the way, I'm then going to have the same system for chef knives. Um, and just, yeah, just planning lots and lots. So even the chef knives, they're going to, there's going to be over 900 variations you can have with the chef knife. The blade shape is always going to be the same, um, but I'm going to do a mini, a regular, and a plus with regards to um, handle size, yeah. which you don't really see people doing. If you're buying off the shelf, you, you get the handle size that you're given. Um, right. I've got small, <laughs> I've got small hands that are a little bit smaller this week than they were two weeks ago. <laughs> um, so I quite often find that a, a handle will be uh, be just too big for me. Um, so I want them to be more comfortable. And a little no. bit of backup based, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, last episode, which you should definitely listen to, Craig announced that he chopped off part of his finger. Yes. So he's Bring, a little bringing bit, new meaning to chop knives. Yeah, seriously. The, the, Living the, the brand. Worst, Living the brand. Yeah, the worst irony of all time. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was some, you know, so there you go. So he's now he's got super small fingers. Yeah, so which is really why I haven't really been making, you know, in the in the shop for the last well two weeks, um, simply because I've, I've the fingers wrapped up. I've got to keep it clean, um, and it hurts if I touch anything. It bloody hurts. Oh, um, so it's all been web stuff. It's been ordering stuff in, um, and just lots of plans. So the way I'm going to introduce the uh, the, the these completely custom knives is um, I'm going to get loads and loads of blades done. They're done. So as soon as people order, they'll be able to have the knife pretty quickly. I'm hoping within 10 days for all of them. So I'm not going to do any of this pre-order stuff, which I've done in the past, which it just became the biggest ball ache ever, knowing that you've got, you know, 60, 70 knives to go through and it was just hard work. So I want to do all the work up front. Um, there's going to be a, f- a few people who I want to sort of test it out. So I'll give a few promo codes to people away and they can have a free knife just so, um, I can make sure everything works. The system works. Um, and they're happy with it. You're going to give them um, a free knife. Yeah. I've got a very short list, a very <laughs> short list. <laughs> How short? People who've just been your wife. People... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wife, brother, neighbor. No, people who've just been really nice to me as I've been sort of learning and I've, I've learned a lot from, so this is my way of sort of giving back, but you know, they're helping me again because we're making sure the system is working and, and everything's, everything's good. So yeah, so there's that. Um, I think that's pretty much it really. That's, that's been my week. Um, yeah. Next week is all about packaging, making sure I can get a, better packaging because at the moment i'm not happy with the way things are um so yeah it's gonna there's gonna be lasers involved it's gonna be pretty cool so i can talk about that next week that's gonna be pretty cool lasers um, laser freaking lasers yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool <laughs> what's that what was that what's freaking lasers freaking that's off austin that's powers awesome i think powers. Isn't it? Austin powers. Yeah. yeah baby dr evil <laughs> That's the one. Mareko, what about you? How's your week been? Actually, I got a quick question for you, Craig. Are you planning on doing this for your poke line of forks as well? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, no. you're not. Oh, okay. No, no. I mean, I, I live the brand gotcha. poke too. I completely live the brand. But uh, <laughs> but no, there's no forks coming soon. Well, obviously, you mean you have twin girls, so. Boom. Um, oh, man. He got me. He got me. He beat me to that one. I was trying to figure out the <laughs> nicest way I could have coughed that one up. It was just this is sound- a mucky episode. Jeez. Holy mackerel. Yeah. I was going to like, I was trying to figure out how am I going to do this so it doesn't sound so uh, sexy. <laughs> and then you 
<laughs> came so right in there, so to speak. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Swooping. Uh, this, uh, this past week, still working on getting settled in, but my biggest goal has been to get these knives tidied up and finished up before uh, that I had started before I moved. And uh, one of the big issues I came up against on uh, uh, the shorter knife, I, so I got a couple, I have a seven inch knife and a nine and a half inch knife. And the, the seven inch knife, I had accidentally gotten some acid staining on this beautiful blonde curly maple. And uh, at worst, I was going to have to basically smash the handle off and reconstruct and re-sculpt and everything, the handle. But fortunately, I did a few experiments. Uh, I started as gentle as possible. So I just, I took some hand sanding stick and hand sanded, and that wasn't really getting through the stained material. So, um, I didn't want to waste too much time doing that. So I went to the grinder and I, uh, just with a little bit of grinder work was able to actually get below it. I think it was maybe a max 20 thousandths or 25 thousandths below the surface, maybe probably actually less, but anyways, I was able to get through all of the acid staining. Um, and, and so I got the handle actually on it's I just posted on my Instagram stories, even though nobody's going to be able to see that. I just realized. Uh, but anyways, I've been working on getting the handle refinished. I uh, got my finishing coats back on there and it's looking real nice. And um, so hopefully that mistake doesn't get made again. I finished out the other knife, the nine and a half inch. Uh, it's this very special kind of blade. I had this customer get a hold of me and and he's basically was like, you know, I want you to build something that you'd be really proud of. And I had some material set aside <clears throat> to kind of do my own personal build that I wasn't actually going to keep for myself. I was going to turn around and, and sell it. Um, but then I realized, you know, I might as well just do it for this order. And so all this this uh, Damascus that it was kind of an experiment uh, experimentation in uh, different forms that are reflective of my kind of like my Polynesian heritage, uh, this two tone, beautiful two tone curly, uh, curly koa that has this crazy, uh, it has the Japanese cowboy sculpting, the faceted Western style sculpting with a little bit of extra carving on the sides that give it just a little bit more depth and character, um, which ended up being really comfortable. Um, I get it all finished out. And I talked to the customer. I was like, man, I really wish the timing was better. I would love to take this to Blade Show with me. And amazingly enough, I'm so I'm so lucky with my customers. But he was just like, you know what, man? If you're that proud of it, you should take it with you to the show. So I'm bringing it to with to Blade Show with me. So it's That's cool. It's a it's a hell of a looker, and it'll be nice to have something new at the show. I always have kind of like a fallback plan of taking my wife's knife that I made for her um, like five years ago now. Um, but it's always, like I said, you know, as Jeff, you were talking about kind of a maker's revolution, or not revolution, evolution, um, from where they started to where they are now and seeing that uh, progression, you can see that through my work. And so putting my old work, sort of some of my first pieces side by side by my new stuff, they're, they're similar, but also, at least to my eye, extremely different. And so... Um, but anyways, it, I'm really excited for you to see that, Jeff, and, uh, and yeah. kind of show it off at Blade Show. And, you know, I know my buddy Don Nguyen's going to be there, and he's been doing a lot of these crazy uh, sculpting in his handles as well. And so it'll be cool to kind of compare notes. And Are you just going to walk around of... with it, or is it going to be at somebody's booth? No, I'm going to walk around with it in my hand, pointed straight up to the sky, 
and just because I don't want it to ding on anybody else. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, I'll have it. I'll, I'll probably be cruising around with my backpack on me and I'll just have it in my bag. You know, mm-hmm. you know how you, you, you roll around with a backpack too. I don't put anything worth. You're going to be uh, packing would, heat. I'm going to be packing wood. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're, you're pretty good at that. Yeah. Uh, also, I just thought of this <laughs> and I never really, we, we haven't really talked about uh, blade show, but just to warn people, if they're not used to it and this is their first time at Blaze Show, there are a lot of people that'll be there carrying guns. So really, really, oh yeah, wow. yeah. I never there are lots that. of folks walking around. Yeah, well, well there's lots go. of folks walking around yeah. carrying guns, but I, I think it's open carry state, and it's long, I think most of the people hopefully have licenses, but. If that's something that makes you nervous, I just want you to not be surprised <laughs> if you see a bunch of fools walking around with guns oh, on their oh, hips oh, or oh, shoulder shoulder harnesses and stuff like that. Anyhow, side note. Anyways, yeah. so just getting ready for Blade, basically. That's that's what I've been working on this last week. And um, I'm really excited to get down there and hang out with some fine folks just like yourself, Jeff. And... Um, and Neil and there's a couple a couple of customers of mine actually going to be there for the first time. Uh, Chef Living Good, who actually is a, a supporter and the listener of the show. Um, that's uh, that's Coulter Living Good. Um, he's and uh, and Taro Kobayashi. He's a badass sushi chef down in Eugene, Oregon. Um, he's his restaurant's been voted like one of the best restaurants in Oregon multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's a super cool guy. There yeah, you have that's it. it. There you have it. It's that time of the show when I want to talk about one of our sponsors. So um, our first sponsor is Clarix Metalworks. You can find them at clarixmetalworks.com. Um, they make a fantastic grinder called the BG Pro, and they're on version two. Um, I've got one. I absolutely love it. It's a standard vertical grinder, but you can change it to a horizontal within within two, three seconds. It's incredible. It comes with the VFD, lots of different configurations. You can even choose the color that you want it to be sprayed at. It's, it's really, really nice. Really inexpensive shipping uh, worldwide. Um, so go take a look, clarixmetalworks.com. And they've just put a teaser up this week, actually, up on their Instagram that they've got a, a surface grinder attachment coming. So oh, nice. with this one machine, you're going to be able to grind vertically, horizontally, do your flattening with the surface. It's, it's like one machine for everything. It's incredible. So go take a look, clarixmetalworks.com. Is that surface grinder like a slide? It seems to be, yeah. They, they were. It was a very sort of um, secretive video, if you right, like, okay, on, on Instagram, right. but they didn't, didn't give too much away. Okay. This seems to be one of those slide attachments, yeah. Very cool. Really handy, really handy. Well. Sorry. No. <laughs> Go ahead, hit that button. <laughs> hit that button, <laughs> goddammit. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> All right, baby. This is, hey, man, can I ask you a question? This is the opportunity of the listeners to be able to participate and rudder the conversation of this podcast. So if you go to Instagram and follow us at Knife Talk Podcast, usually what happens is we'll ask you slip into our DMs and just write a question. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Answer, ask any question you want. And if they're good or if they're not, if they're not too long, don't make them so long. And, you know, the, the shorter, the better. We'll, we'll read them out and then we'll, you know, we'll talk about them. So we're going to go right off out of the shoot from Mr. Rick Hall Knives. We're going to see him at Blade. Uh, what? Guy. Yes. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? What are your top three skills that help you be an exceptional craftsman? 
I can't call you guys cutie patootie. It's against my man code. <laughs> He's not a modern man. Yeah. Not a modern man. Come on. Get get with the program. That's fine. Top three skills. Wow. Well, a couple. Just do a couple. Struggling to find three skills. Um, I'd say my sort of design background has helped me massively um, in just, you know, creating nice shapes, that kind of thing. I mean, you see plenty of knives out there that are built incredibly well, but the underlying shape is just maybe just a little bit off. Um, I think, yeah, my sort of design background has been a massive help. Um, and I probably struggle with any other skills. Wow. That's a, that's a, you struggle with all other skills? All other skills. Oh, <laughs> I can draw a knife incredibly well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> What do you think, Mareko? What skills are important? Lord. What skills are important to you? Let's see. I think I'm I'm good at a lot of the different processes, and it helps me make really great knives. But I think the thing when it comes to the, the two things that pop out to me is my uh, my Damascus making, my my ability to kind of recognize patterns and then see how to change. I guess what are kind of typical approaches to Damascus making to just little changes here and there to make uh, completely different patterns, um, kind of using similar or traditional techniques. Uh, so my Damascus making, and then, um, and then really my, gr- like my ability to grind or to sculpt and control the belt, uh, both in blade grinding, as well as um, in the handle sculpting, I could, I could basically replicate any kind of handle style and do it 100% on my grinder. Um, I think my ability to control the belt and make it do the work that I want it to do, uh, really, um, it really, I've, I've been noticing more and more, especially, and it's nothing against other makers. It's just, you know, I think it's great that people recognize what they're good at and, uh, and where their shortfalls are. And so I think, it's seeing other people work and realizing how many people actually do a lot of work off the grinder with their handle sculpting. I, I don't even know where I would start because I've always done everything on my grinder. Uh, even with my Japanese Western, like faceted handles, all of that sculpting is done on the, on my grinder. Um, and that's going to be hard all, off the grinder, surely. Cause you're going to sort of round <clears throat> off those, those clean lines you've got. Yeah. Well, and it depends on what you're working with. Like Yellow Hosenberg, he does a really great job. He uses a lot of rasps and files to really get those hard lines. And he's and uh, and because of the dimensional kind of cross-sectional di- dimension of the of the handle shape, it it has the mass there that allows him to achieve some really beautiful facets and, and contours, mm. um, which is a key thing to kind of doing some of this more faceted stuff. But um, I think those are the two things. I think the last one I would say is just being willing to to be humble and always look for an opportunity to learn from anybody and everybody. Um, and so I think being a, a constant learner is a really, really is. A, a, it's not a. I don't know if it's a skill or a tool or whatever you want to call it, but it's. I think it's really important in becoming a really great craftsman. Is always being willing to look, watch and learn and pick something new up. Hmm. Jeff, what, what do you think? Top skills. You know, number one is compulsion. You have to be, you know, if you'd be compulsive that want to make things, it doesn't really matter what it is. I think that you have to have the mindset that if 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 I was on a deserted island with no hope of rescue, I'm still going to do this. You know, I think that it becomes a compulsion to want to do it. I want to do it better. 
I think uh, at the, in the past 15 years, I've gotten a lot better at being organized in regards to my, uh, I have the idea, I have the design, I have the ex, and then I know what it takes to get to the execution. So I think it's very important to be organized. I think organization is critical. And con- they constantly wanting to be better, constantly wanting to, you know, work hard and 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 work hard with the with the with the direction is i'm not really i mean when it comes to you know being in the shop i'm not very i i try to fight add i i'm very focused in regards to what i need to do every single day and then i understand what i need to do in order to get to that goal at the end of the day and that's been a been crucial in regards to me being a better business person too because i you know goal focused and you know i think that those are you know, learning how to do stuff is great, but having the mindset of, you know, I know guys who are really awesome, but they don't, you, know, you get them in a shop and they're just like, well, now what do I do? There's no, there's yeah. not a whole lot of focus. So I think that that's where I would go with. Boom. Cool. There you cool. are. I do admire your organizational skills. Well, it, look, it inspires me. it's, it's, it, well, I appreciate that. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I feel like if I don't fucking work hard and try to figure this out, my the talk the clock is running out. You know, I need to like it's either this or nothing. You know, and, and unfortunately, yeah, you little bastard, you you little. You wouldn't bastard, think it you. with that with that jet black hair. Listen to me, you, you little bottle black hair, fingerless fuck. I'm telling you now, right here, <laughs> that is outrageous. The both of you are outrageous. But it's the same time. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't want to go back into a metal shop. I don't want to, sure. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to have to say, all right, I'm going to go, you know, call my old boss who said your open door policy. I don't want to start fabricating. I don't want to bake railings for someone else. I want this business to work. And, and I'm, can, I'm, I have to have that mindset of like, it's this, or I have to go back to a metal shop. I don't want to do that. So you have yeah. to be a little bit compulsive and you also have to be a little bit like realistic. You for know, sure. I'm trying to be, I mean, so it's, it's either going to work or it's not. And, 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 and I can't lie. I don't want to lie to myself. Right. Yeah, talking about sort of for me. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just saying. Talking about sort of that compulsion. So I've had since the babies have been born, and they're six months old now. I've been obviously having to spend a lot less time in the shop, and I think particularly the last three or four weeks, it's been driving me a bit crazy. Where I can't sleep, and I I just need to be making stuff. Right. I said to my wife, you know, it's not a case of. I need to be in the in the shop, you know, to, to to make the money, you know, which is obviously important anyway. It's more a case of I just need to be doing it for me because my head is all over the place. I've got all these crazy. I'm going to talk about this later, actually. But um, I, I, what's the opposite of like a creative funk? You know, sometimes where you just got this funk, you just can't, you just can't be arsed and you can't do anything. At the moment, I feel I'm in the opposite of that, where I just want to be doing something all the time, um, and I can't. But it's interesting what you said about having that compulsion. And I just wonder, you know, how many of our listeners have that compulsion? I bet a lot of them do because, you know, this isn't a job for the faint-hearted. This is a job where you need to get yourself up and you need to be on it, you know? The, the compulsion yeah, comes from – the compulsion comes from self-satisfaction. It's the mm. idea of working hard and seeing the results of your hard work visualized. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You know, it's not about it's not about being satisfied that you just bought a new car or you bought a new you have it's not these material objects. Yeah. It's yeah. never 
It's never what you have. It's what you can do with your hands or your mind. It's having the self-satisfaction of working hard. Even I have to figure, I have to think that way, even when I'm doing something. I know a lot of knife makers don't like to do multiples. I know I've heard a lot of guys say, I like to, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. I get satisfaction off of the drudgery. Like I'm, mm. we're getting ready to get ready to start the uh, 50 Bandito knives. And I know that there's going to be a whole week where I'm going to be miserable. It's not, I'm not looking forward to it, but I know at the end of each day, I'm going to have the satisfaction of the fact that I, I figured out how to do something and executed it. That's what the compulsion is. The compulsion is you're, you're not looking for glory. You're looking for satisfaction that you hit the head. Yeah. I, I, when I go to, I don't watch TV at night. We don't have TV. And I, and I hit the head, I hit the, my head on the pillow and I feel like I deserved it. I feel like I, I feel like I worked hard to lie down and go to bed. So I think that that's where that compulsion comes from. It's feeling like you're you're kind of squeezing your life, squeezing all the juice that of out of your life that you can just get every little thing out. That's it. You, if you don't have, if you're not compulsion, if you I say this to art, I had to deal with these goddamn young artists, and they want to dress like. You know, they wear, they dye their hair and they wear, they act like, you know, they listen to funky music and then they think that they're artists. And I tell them, if you're not, if you, I said, I had one kid who was, who was here and he, I, it was his summer and I was like, what are you working on over the summer? He's like, I'm not working on anything. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're an art major. He's like, ah, I don't want to work on anything until the school starts. I said, listen, then you're not an artist. If you don't feel the need to constantly do stuff, then you're playing around. Yeah, sorry for getting so agitated. I'm more no, I'm good. more mad at artists than than anybody else. I have a, I'm a very 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 hard harder on all of them than anybody else. We are artists, yeah. Jeff. We, we are, are not artists. You are not artists. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Okay. <laughs> all right. This next one is from Kyle, or sorry, K H Daily Knives. It's Kyle Daily. He says, "What is your most used items in the shop that are under forty dollars?" Good one. Uh, yeah, I tell you what I love for under forty dollars, and I I love 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 is a box of fresh sharpies. I'll mm. take a box of fresh sharpies over anything else for under forty dollars. If you I got a tip, actually, do, go ahead. Do you use Do you use industrial sharpies? Do you know um, about industrial sharpies? I know that uh, Cliff Dufton told me instead of using blue dicum, he uses those big big magnums, and then instead of layout fluid. So the industrial sharpies are the same as the standard sharpie, but they're the ink is slight, like size and shape wise. But the ink is different, and it's good up to five hundred degrees, and it's way more permanent than your standard sharpie. And they're basically the same price. You can buy a dozen of them off Amazon for like twelve bucks, thirteen bucks, or something like that. Nice um, tip. But they are incredible. I love them. I've I've been using them for the last four or five years. And I swear by them. I tell you what, so, anyway, a brand new out of the box Sharpie, it's hard to beat. It it's is. hard to beat. 100%. Hard to beat. And nothing worse than picking out a dry ass, bald, oh, bald yeah. Sharpie that you draw it and like half the line is on, half the line is off, it's all fuzzy. And then you try <laughs> to push harder and it just it looks terrible. There you go. I don't even hesitate. I throw those. I huck those fuckers straight into the garbage. There you go. And then they when you bite, the, and when you bite, the, when you're eating a lot of people, I, I stupidly open the cap with my teeth, and I always rip that clip off into my mouth. I hate that too. But other than that, I love it. I love a sharp. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. After a while, you kind of like, yeah. You kind of put it in your mouth, 
and then the clip is facing your facing the inside the center of your mouth and then you kind of twist it but then the clip kind of cracks off in your mouth yeah i know what you're saying all right i got you i got you what about you craig what do you use um under four i'd say cheap cheap digital calipers i'm using them Mm -hmm. all of the time so i've got a bunch of them on you know all around the place um and just pick up whatever's closest um you can get them for like 20 euros which is near enough 20 dollars. so you you get a couple of them for 40 um using them all the time some of them i've ground the edges slightly so they're slightly different and so on but yeah always using them always and 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 one two three blocks on the drill press table always using them they're super cheap I think uh, for me, it would also be actually my my cheap digital calipers, uh, unofficially sponsored by Harbor Freight <laughs> for twenty bucks. Basically, mm-hmm. you can get the exact same thing from Harbor Freight. Um, I also actually another tool I use a lot is my uh, carbide scribe. I'm scribing and marking things up all the time, and mm-hmm. having that carbide tip scribe makes a huge difference in whether or not I can actually see the mark in certain materials. Uh, but I love my industrial Sharpies and uh, painter's tape. And not just any painter, the 3M blue painter's tape. Um, all, three, all four of those things, well, however many that was, <laughs> they, all, they all help make my job a lot easier. You could probably get a right angle grinder for under 40 bucks too, in that community. Definitely. If you're going to. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. There you go. Porter cable. <laughs> They're like $29.99. There you go. This, is, this episode is sponsored by Sears. Derek Melton asks, "Hey man, can I ask you a question? What is your opinion on being com- on using compressed paper wheels for final sharpening? You've seen recent discussions with links to an article which indicates any fast-moving abrasive overheats and ruins the edge, and that hand sharpening is the only way to go for the final edge. Thoughts? Hmm. What do we think? I've ha- seen um, you, that you, article. You guys both sharpen on your standard belt grinder, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah." Yeah, I mean, so that what the article is referring to is like, is it's the last few microns that become over tempered as they are abraded against either on a dry stone or anything dry, a belt, a stone, a honing rod, uh, all of them create that friction creates uh, heat, and so, but it's the it's the, just like the last few microns that really are the biggest issue. Uh, if you can use your belt grinder wet, or if you can stone sharpen, obviously, or with oil or water, that will also keep the edge um, nice and cool. But something I've I've done in the past is set my geometry and on my belt grinder, and then finish on a stone, so that when I'm because I'm finishing on the stone with a water stone, it it. Uh, the the it's keep the water's keeping it cool and that little bit of over tempered material is abraded away in those final uh kind of swipes on the stone that give me my my edge geometry and so i'm not concerned about that but also again it's also it's just the the, the last little microns i've i've sharpened lots of knives on on my belt grinder and done all kinds of crazy work and um the edge held up pretty damn nice so mm-hmm. I think it ultimately comes down to your the function of the tool. I think if you're doing like a straight razor or something like that with a very, very fine geometry and a very fine edge, that might factor in more. And I think a lot of these tests were, I think they were done on straight razors. Um, but 
which is very different, obviously, from a chef's knife geometry and a hunting knife and a bowie knife geometry and a sword and so on and so forth. So I think I think you just take in as much information as you can, but also run your own experiments to see what works for how you're doing things. And isn't it always oh operator God. error? It's not like it's not the I don't know from paper, comp compressed paper wheels. You know, I use the belt grinder slow. I'm constantly dipping in water and then I finish yep. with a, a buffer and and I haven't had a problem. I've never noticed. I've never had a problem in regards to that. Um, and um, no one, I don't look, no one calls me up. You know, if, the, mm. if, 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 if I, I've never once gotten called back with a chip knife. So I, I don't know what else to say about sure. that. I, 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 it's all what you want to do. I mean, I learned from uh, a couple of, uh, you know, a lot of your old guy, uh, Bob Kramer. He uses, he does. I saw him using a belt and then a buffer. I saw him in a video yep. with uh, Bradley Owen. He was one, 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 two, three, and then on the buffer, and then there you go. So it's like, oh, that's you know, exactly that. whatever works mm, for you. I'm, I'm still using a Tomac. So mine, I use the really slow, you know, the Tomac wheels, and they've got the water constantly passing over the the stones. Um, yep. And they, they've got this Japanese water stone now as well, which is a 3,000 grit, which you can you can slap on that afterwards. Um yeah, it just it works well. It's not it's not the fastest way of doing things. So quite no, often our wheels zip them over the over a belt. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it can be pretty slow, but sure it's, it can. gives a good edge. I, it look, gives a good edge. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about Kasumi Kev. That mother, that dude. Like, I always said some bad words. He that guy, like he's got he's in a room with a bunch of stones and water everywhere. It's like a cave. And all he does is sit around and sharpen knives. Mm -hmm. He likes to sharpen everything by hand. It's up to you. Whatever you want to get out of it. Yeah, agreed. Okay, next one. Is this, uh, next one comes from Josh Clear Country. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? So I made this 5160 chef's knife a while back, and the guy I made it for said he can't stand the patina. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what to say to him. Uh, he was asking if, he would t if I'd take it back and rebuff and hand sand it to get rid of the patina. It's a pain in my ass. What should I tell him? Live with it. Live with it. I mean, what's the point in rebuffing and hand sanding? It's, it's, it's going to develop again. So live with it. Yeah. I, I think you try to nip that in the bud by preempting people. And, and when you're talking to them about, uh, about using, especially high carbon steel knives, that it will develop a patina and let them know that before they purchase it so that when they get it, they're going into the situation and going into owning that knife knowing that building up a patina or some sort of discoloration on the carbon steel is going to be part of the characteristic of that knife. I see, I, I mean, it's Jeff is what you talk about, you know, uh, anticipating your customers. Uh, what is it? What do you call it? Uh, you, you're, we're, you're managing the expectations of your customers. Managing their expectations. So yeah, yeah. So you're getting out in front of the problem. Now, I think if you haven't had that discussion with that customer, you might have to eat this one and deal with it. I, but in the future, you might do a better job of trying to inform and let your customers know that that is going to be a part of owning a carbon steel knife. Refer them to Craig's video where Craig describes all that. And, uh, and uh, that way, they don't come back at you and say, what the hell, man? You I, need to clean this up. <laughs> I'm going to give Josh the benefit of the doubt that once in a while, you get someone who A, doesn't listen, B, doesn't care, sure. and C, That's they true. want what they want. So I think that you're going to have, in, in this situation, I'm going to just make that assumption. I'm going to make the assumption that he already told the guy. 
sometimes you have to explain to a certain point where they cannot, you know, there's there's nothing you can do about it. But right. I, I think you can also say, listen, I'll do it this time, but here's what you got to do. You know, I think you have to really make it very clear. I think that sometimes you get customers that are super, super difficult. On a side note, is someone buy like a water fountain or something like that? Or like a fish it tank? It does sound like somebody's taking a pee. Or a fish tank? I, yeah. I'm in a basement, you guys. Give me, <laughs> give me a pee. Are you taking a leak down there? You got an Arizona <laughs> ice tea bottle? water running through here. Oh. Yeah, I, got, I got 10 of them lined up. I'm ready. Um, oh, this is going to be yeah, the whiz pass. upstairs. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, <laughs> Don't about, worry about it. it. As Once long you... as we set the tone. All right. <laughs> gonna be, we're by a mountain stream. We're answering these questions by a mountain stream. Yeah. Josh, just fix it one time and say that's it. The for next time is on you. I'll do it mm, this time. Yeah. Next time, that's on you. You know what you yes. know what we're doing. You know what's going on. I'm not do, this isn't getting a haircut. You're not getting a haircut. Right. You're gonna next time you're gonna pay for it. I explained it. I'll do it this time. Next time, leave me alone. Something that's very common, especially with uh, like Japanese high carbon steel, um, is to use a Camilla oil or it's also called Tsubaki oil. Yeah. Um, but it is a, it's an oil that you can it's and it's food safe. You can get it usually from some any kind of uh, like kitchen knife purveyor, uh, cutlery store or something like that. But you just wipe it on. And it, what you do is you, after you clean off and dry your knife, putting the sabaki oil on there actually helps remove any kind of tina that has developed or built up. And it does, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of experience with it because I don't care about the patina. It doesn't bother me. So I don't actually oil my knives. Um, but uh, from what I understand, it does a really good job uh, keeping it back or yeah. or preventing it completely. And so I use I would it for suggest... any carbon knife that I send out. I, I yeah. use Camilla oil before it goes out. Um, but if it's not used for a while, it will sort of harden and turn mm. to this, this sludgy stuff. So it does need to be, even though it's food safe, it does need to be sure. cleaned off then before use. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's thick. It's really thick stuff. It is. Yeah. And I. I myself, I usually use like I spray on one side, one little spray out of the spray bottle, and then I just spread that around on the ones on both sides. I do it all for just for both sides. Mm. So I'm trying not to overload it, and I actually go back with a second paper towel and wipe off as much excess. Yeah, um, we can't because because that's how I am. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh, I think Josh got a difficult customer. I think you got to I think yeah. you give you give him one. You meet him halfway, and then you gotta. You got to say, hey, listen, yeah. it, work. it doesn't work like this isn't, I'm not sure, tr- you know, you got to pay. If you want me to do this every time, right. you got to pay. Yeah. But I think in general, not, sorry, Josh, if I didn't give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm just, had, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be a little bit, you know, you know, devil's advocate on this situation. Who knows? Sure. But I think in general for anybody, I think that actually it was a problem that I came up against. And I was like, holy shit, I need to add this to my care sheet and explain to people like, this is going to be a problem. And also in the conversation leading up to the order, like, okay, cool. We're doing this out of carbon steel. This is something that's going to happen, just so you know, so that they go into it with as much knowledge as possible so that they're making their own decisions instead of, you know, there's people have a tendency of feeling like they've been tricked or something like that. If if all of a sudden this stuff starts happening to their knife that they didn't know was going to happen. So I think in general, it's good practice for anybody to kind of anticipate their customers' expectations and manage those 
uh, beforehand. That's the reason why I probably make 90% of my knives are stainless steel. Because when I'm talking to my sure. customers at my price point, the customers that I have, this might be their first time ever buying uh, um, a custom knife. And they've never, they don't, they don't, most of them, including a lot of chefs, do not know the yep. difference between carbon steel and stainless steel. Like just the sure. basics of carbon, it's not, not, you know, AEBL versus, you know, 5200. I'm talking right, like, right, they right. don't know the difference between, they don't know why certain stainless steel or, or certain stainless steel. So I, I try to explain to them the difference, the, the benefits and the, and the, and the drawbacks. And then if they're not comfortable, I push them into stainless steel because I feel like I don't want you to feel like, you know, I don't want you to feel nervous using your knife every time you pull it out. You know, you should be able right. to use it and I want you to use it and, casually and i want you to be able to feel comfortable with it without having to be you know afraid that it's gonna get a spot on it and it's gonna bum you out you know so i think that that that's i mean beyond clutch is to kind of you know see what your cut you know customers a customer spends money on a carbon steel on a a custom knife and then they're weird they're weirded out by the patina I feel like it's it's not just their I mean it's their fault for kind of not understanding but it's also like your knife makers expert you know you got to tell them what's going to happen. Same thing with I get people say to me all the time, I want this edge to last a long long time. And you have to kind of get them into the you have to get them into the habit of knowing that you know mileage may vary. So if you know if you're cutting which I've seen people cutting on their marble countertop. And then they, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's got a burr or it's not cutting all of a sudden, you know, you have to, you have to explain that, you know, knives need to be sharpened. That's why Ginsu came up with that nonsense. You know, it's because Americans generally don't want to clean up their, you know, sharpen their knives. So there has to be a lot of conversation in regards to, I understand you don't, don't get one of those pull things and you got to learn how to do this. And you have to kind of like uh, 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 feed and water and, and care for your customers as if they were dopey plants, you know, right. treat them like children, <laughs> explain it down to the minimum. Otherwise you're going to get the calls. Hey, man, why, why do I get this black luck on the side of my knife after I cut an onion? <laughs> but take the time, take 20 minutes, make a little video, send that video out with emails to the customer. So they've always got it. And yeah, it saves me a lot of time. That, that little video Video's is good too, because these, these motherfuckers don't read. Like yeah, exactly. People, exactly. people and, do not and read. They can see a blade. They can see a blade that's been patinaed. Then they can make an informed decision. People, I right. when I did the Cuban knives, I had to do videos because I was getting emails from some of these people with some. They, some of these people were, they were not very smart. So I had to do videos because they ain't reading these. They ain't reading these art. They ain't reading about this and that and the other thing. So I do a video. I just show them what one looks like without patina. What one looks like patina. And I never got a. I never got a call. I never got a call yeah. saying why is this why did this happen because I, I, mean, I was very very crystal clear because ultimately yeah. it's your pain in the ass. It's yeah. not this guy. This guy's just like, eh, you should stand behind your knives. Yeah, you should pay attention sure. too. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. This next one is from Silas Cole. He says, "Hey, cute stuffs. Can I ask you a question? If it's just for fun, not public." not publicity or marketing, would you recommend going on Forged in Fire? Yes. Is that, is that for me? It's for all of us. Yes, the answer is for yes. Us. If it's not for publicity, if it's not for marketing, okay. it isn't for your business. If you want to have a good time, if you want to be involved in something that's good for the public to see what you're doing, if you want to uh, have a you know have an exciting experience, kind of creating some sort of sport, I think you should. 
But if you want to be in business and you think you're going to be famous, it isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, it, it, it really is. Uh, people mistakenly think that they're going to become famous because they were on Fortune Fire. And that is not that, that has happened for basically nobody. Even I'm sorry to say, like, even some of the judges struggle <laughs> and they, they're on every damn episode. So imagine you're just on one episode, the amount of publicity you're in there and you're out of there in 40 minutes. So I would not if for anybody thinking about doing the show in the future, don't think about it in uh, publicity terms or marketing terms. They don't even put a credit to your name or your business in the credits. And that like that takes two seconds to do. It, it amazes me that that's what that they don't do that. But anyways, I think going into it, as uh, Jeff was saying, for fun. Um, uh, is definitely the the only way to kind of try to think about it. Publicity and marketing is a good little uh, publicity and marketing is a good little thing to talk about because I think a lot of people get the idea of what publicity is and what how you it's not it's not the fact that you're doing publicity it's how you're using publicity. Like you were saying before, mm-hmm. they don't give you credit to your name. Publicity is about you having something to sell. And then you're going out there saying, here's what I have to sell. And then people are able to buy it. So the way you do publicity that works is number one, it makes it easy. And, 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 you know, if it says, if it says on the TV, John from the North hemisphere, that ain't going (laughs) to crash your website. That ain't going to crash your website because people don't care. And here's a perfectly good example. When I did the price points, Epicurious video. I made a big stink about the fact that I wanted Mareko's name in the are in the in the video because I felt I was very grateful that he, in my opinion, saved the video because we needed something that was really awesome. And he very nicely gave me that last <laughs> knife. That was I was really appreciative. But I made a demand. I said I need his name, and then I got uh, JB Prince involved to give us all the knives. I made a demand to all of them saying I need these guys to get some sort of publicity. They said no problem. They said, no problem. So I watched the video. I'm waiting to see your name come up on the bottom. I'm waiting to see JB Prince's name come on the bottom. And they didn't. What they did was they put a note in the notes of the YouTube video. And then your name is on the bottom there. And then and then JB Prince's name was on the bottom there of the, of the YouTube thing. Nobody saw it and nobody looked at it. And so, so what happens yeah. is, is that's vague publicity, which is mm-hmm. bad marketing. And it's the same thing with when you go on Forge and Fire and it's John from the Northern Hemisphere. That's bad publicity, which is not good marketing. And it gets me angry because a lot of people get this, they have this idea of what success is. And, uh, and not to mention, it said on the thing, it said my name. They, and when they first watched the video, they spelled my name wrong. F-A, they were F-A-D-E-R. And I call them up. I'm like, yo. You gotta have to. This is the one thing I can't. You gotta. You gotta change the name. Of, you gotta fix my name. And they did. <laughs> There's a. There. I think if you look at it on find it on Facebook, it still they didn't change that. But if we, if we track our business, and it, because it didn't say Fader Knives, because it didn't say I'm a knife maker, no, and there was no way for people to find my website. We have gotten. We, we're almost pushing 3.5 million views. We haven't gotten one person yeah. looking to buy a knife. It says, where did you find this? Not one person said the Epicurious video. So in regards to that, that's bad promotion of some business as well. And what do you think? I mean, 
I, I would say it's ineffective. I don't know if it's necessarily negative. No, not negative. Is, but is it, that what you mean by bad, no, I th- bad, I, bad promotion? When I think of good promotion, I think of like these book tours. Perfect example. Howard Stern just got his new book out and he has the, 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 the company has the book made. They have his publishers ready to sell. He goes on these TV shows, buy my new book, buy my new book, buy my new book. So while you're watching that show, you click on wherever and you buy the book. That's how good promotion works. You have something sure. to sell. It's ready to ship or ready to send. You have ways in which to capture someone at that moment. That's yeah. good. That's what publicity is for. That's good marketing. But like nobody cares if they, you watch somebody on this TV show and then you have no, and that's also the, the contestants fault. If they have if they don't have something to sell, if they're looking for this to be something this I'm selling whatever knives. If you don't say, all right, I'm going to have 15, 20 knives ready to sell on my website. And then when the, when the show comes out, I'm going to do a lot of publicity saying, hey, I was on Forge and Fire. And, I, and here's my you know, experience. And then if you want, you go to this website and buy some knives. Maybe that'll happen. But I think, that, I, think that, I think that we have this weird idea of what publicity, what fame is, what good marketing is. And it gets a little frustrating, yeah. to be honest with you. And TV is so dated. There's no, there's no way of you know clicking through from watching the TV to go and buy it. Right. It's coming. There's no doubt that's going to be coming soon. But at, at the moment, it's just dated. It's it's a really strange thing where most of the sort of broadcasts that I watch would be YouTube or Netflix or whatever, where you've got this constant connection with with whatever you're watching. So, you know, if if you're watching a YouTube video and they, and they recommend a product, you know it's going to be there in the comments or in their description. You can go off, you can go and get it, and all the rest of it. But TV is just so, so dated. And even though most people watch TV now, sort of IPTV, if you like, you know, that it's it's coming via the web, the actual interface of TV keeps you there. It, it, it doesn't allow you to get out because they want eyeballs on ready for the commercial break, and that's where they're making their money. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that it's – I think that it's – now that Instagram and social media is one of these great things because it all of a sudden it is the promotion and marketing for you. So how do you how do you capture how do you translate that into sales? Like here's a good example. I bought a pile of hats. Tony and I said let's buy some hats. So we bought a pile of hats, and then I post. I said I just got these new hats in. I only have a limited amount. Swipe up, and and we sold. At twenty five hats right off the, right out of the bat, and then we made a concerted effort. Don't say another goddamn word about those hats, and let's see what happens. We didn't sell another hat. We weren't talking about it. We, people didn't weren't interested. They didn't. You didn't get them at that moment. If you don't get people at that moment, they forget. They forget. Yeah. I was talking to Jonathan Porter when he was on after he was on Forge and Fire, and I'm not saying anything crazy. He was like, "All right." He got back home. They were about to show. He's like, "All right, here come the orders." I can't hmm. call you, call you, whatever. He said, let's get this. Let's get, let's get ready for the tsunami of orders. And it was yeah. like, he was just like, he was stunned. But at the same time they did, you know, they did Jonathan from the Southern hemisphere. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. How do you, how do you, you have to be smart enough to figure out how to activate publicity to work for you? Yeah. It infuriates me, to be honest with you, because I think that I think a lot of these guys are taken advantage of is really what I think. And I think a lot of it's because we watch too much TV. I think people I think people have watched way too much TV in their lives and they don't think for themselves. And what happens is, is they just assume, all right, I'm going to be, you know, Kim Kardashian. It's like, right. you, listen, dude, you're not. You have to work hard and you have to be interesting and you have to be compelling and you have to use your fucking head. 
I think the thing that's most frustrating about my experience with it is they they sell being on the show to you as a great advertising opportunity. That's right. And it's not. It really isn't. That's infuriating. And the other thing is, too, is they're making millions of dollars in advertising space through all the commercial breaks and every time the damn thing's aired that they can afford to compensate the people that come on to compete. But and, you know, the people that are doing it, I'm speaking basically mostly from my own experience is like, you know, I'm not, I, it's, it's expensive to take any time out of the shop, but if you make it all the way to finals and then you get second place, that's three weeks gone and nothing to show for it. Yeah. But that's, that, 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 that's not, that's not their problem. They're saying they're dangling to you. Come on the show. It'll be great promotion for you. And everything else is your, is it's it's your problem. So it's, so, so I understand both sides. I think that in regards to if it, if someone were to say to me, hey, come on this thing, we'll have some fun. I forged, you know, I forged a knife besides uh, Sunset 4. We TVs on. And we weren't, you know, I yes, I took some pictures from Instagram and used it for promotion for the most part. But it was a fun time. If I, that, would, that for me is fun, but I never thought this could make me famous. And I don't even right. believe that that, I don't even think believe fame exists. I don't think it's an actual thing. I don't think it's a thing. Oh, I think it's not a fucking thing. Into- we're getting into some well, philosophical well, stuff. Well, I think yeah. that it's a perception. It's, it's a different thing. Different, different thing for different well, people. Well, of isn't course, it? but it's a perception. So if you think that just because I was on, you know, I had a, somebody say to me, oh, you're famous. You were on that Bacurious video, a viral video. I'm like, I, I don't believe in that. I don't, it doesn't exist. Mm. It's not, it's, it's <laughs> not, you, you, it's, this is your perception of nonsense. There you go. I'm mad. Now you got me mad. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks very much, whoever the hell you were. And I don't know who you are. Uh, who Silas. was it? God damn you, Silas, Silas Cole. Cole. You got me all fired up. <laughs> We're an hour in. I think we've done three questions. God damn it. <laughs> Let's do one more before we move on to the next section. Right. So this one is from Black Lab Customs. Hey, man, can I ask you all a question? What do y'all listen to in the shop or whilst working? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that, that $40 budget that we had, a Spotify um, subscription. Make sure you get that with your $40. Well, that's $40? Anyway, is that $40 a month? Oh no, it's like five ninety nine a month. It's, it's it's very cheap, but you know, it's part of your forty. Mm. What are you listening to in the shop? I'm gonna let my my uh, my blood pressure go down. Why don't you answer first, Breca? Oh, okay, so I stream. I listen to Pandora, but I've been uh, I've been also doing a lot of audiobooks. And at fifteen bucks a month, you can get um, you get a credit, you get a book, and I, you know, a lot of these books, I've been doing a lot of business books too. And it's just to kind of like, there's so much psychology that goes into all of this and understanding and also trying to figure out how, how to adapt to how things have changed from, you know, the fifties and sixties to the eighties to now and, and, and steering away from, you know, what radio and, and TV advertisement and really trying to figure out how to make social media work for me most effectively. So I've been, uh, so I do a lot of business books. Um, and so, yeah, uh, audio stuff, all, uh, sorry, audio books, Pandora. And that's basically it. <laughs> that's what I'm listening. Mm. I, I listen to a lot of sort of BBC food podcasts. Mm. Um, and you know, classic sort of nineties rock as well. Um, so it gets me going, but, the butt yeah, rock. but different all the time. Butt rock? 
Yeah. Butt rock. <laughs> Is that what you oh, said? No, Did you say butt rock? I didn't. No, I no, said Morocco, classic Morocco. 90s rock. <laughs> yeah. But, 90s butt rock. I like the Craig goes, butt rock? How dare you? Jeez. Butt rock? Brit rock, oh. I suppose. It's also in the Midwest. Um, it's called cock, cock rock. Cock rock. Jeez. Oh, wow. No, Brit rock. Sort of guitar-based, sort of rocky stuff. Limp-wristed um, music. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> wankle, it's short-fingered music. man. But, um, <laughs> It completely depends on what mood I'm in. So I generally listen to sort of lively music in the mornings. Um, but by the afternoons, um, normally sort of podcasts and, you know, the, the odd sort of audio book as well. Um, yeah, I haven't really got a staple. What about you, Jay? I've been a satellite radio guy for a long time. I like satellite radio. We actually have – I have a little – an old unit that I take from the house. I, have, I know. It's almost 60. All right, these these old jokes are getting old. You know, you look. You know what? If you put pictures side by side, me and you, you don't look ten years younger than me. I'll tell you that. Now, children. I'll tell now, you now, that. Children. I'll tell you that. Now, now. I'll tell you that. You look just as old as me, my man. I'm just so just keep it square. I listen to I listen to, to satellite radio. I, I I like. There's a few stations that we listen to at home. I like. I listen to a lot of '90s music, which I like a lot. Sometimes classic rock. Mm. Um. Once in a while, I, I like a lot of I like classic soul and 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 sometimes it, every, different music gets me all fired up. I try to not listen to podcasts when I'm grinding because I feel like I need to be more attentive. Because when I listen to podcasts, a lot of times you kind of like fade in and out a little bit. So I really try to listen to podcasts when I'm hand sanding or something that's just very you know not as dangerous. I get a little nervous around the. I I still. I try to look at this equipment like it's going to kill me or I'm going to have a problem. You know, I just actually I was using uh, I was using um, a belt and it exploded on me and it hit me in the head. Thank God those belts just when they rip, they only hit you one time. You know, it's like so. So I was I always get a little bit like when I'm a little bit too out of it. I don't I, I don't I try not to get too out of it with podcasts. Uh, when I'm doing like grinding or forging and stuff like that. So, but I do listen to podcasts. I like, I like, I like humorous podcasts. I used to listen to the uh, NPR, but I don't do that anymore. I've had it with what's going on in the world. I have no interest anymore. I've completely zero. Back in the day, I was such a psychopath when it came to radio. I had a real system. And now I cannot listen to what's going on in the world. I don't want to know. It's, it's over. Mm. I've given up. I've given up. So that's the answer you've to that. Given, you've given in to their agenda. I, that's their goal. You know they don't want you. Good. They want you to not care. Good. Good. I don't. That's not. I don't care. It's not that I don't care. It's I hate them all. I hate them all. They're awful. And I, I will. I refuse to get sucked in to this press conference. I refuse to get sucked into this whatever. Waiting for something to happen. Waiting for something to happen. I don't want to do that. So I listen to a lot of music, and then I listen to comedy podcasts. I, t- I tell you a podcast which I really got into just last go ahead. week. So we all know about the TED Talks, where they, you know, they go up and they do a 30, 40 minute talk on on whatever subject it may be. Sure. But um they do a they do a TED podcast and what they do, they'll take a they'll take a subject and it'll almost be a discussion, but then they'll bring in bits of, of different talks. Mm, the TED Radio hour? Their... Yeah, that's the one, yeah. 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 I only discovered it last week, and and I love really it. Good. I love it. It's really good. It brings in all this other content. It's it's really nice. The, the there's some podcast shows on NPR that are good, like Radio Labs. I like Radio Lab, 
But sure. some of those, some of there's some shows, I don't know what's going on with NPR. Some of them, the Moth Radio Hour, the whoever came up with the Moth Radio Hour should have been fired a long time ago. That is horseshit. <laughs> I thought that's what you're talking about when you're talking about the Ted Radio Hour. Go, you try to listen to the Moth Radio. You try to listen to Moth Radio. I dare, I dare you. There's your I've challenge. Listened to it. I like it. <laughs> oh my I god! Like it. I can't do this again. I can't do why I like I it. I like it just as much as I love Whoppers and pineapple and Canadian oh baked pizza. Oh my pizza. god! I tell you what, the Moth Radio Hour. It's like I turn to my wife and I'm just like, what? What happened? What? When is this good? When is this going to be good? Well, that's so funny. Ah, look, enjoy it. I don't know how to tell you. I can't do another. Hour. We're so different, but it's fine. Uh, I embrace you- our differences. I embrace our differences. <laughs> That TED Radio Hour, one of my most favorite episodes, and maybe you've already listened to it, Craig, but one of my most favorite ones I've listened to is, uh, it's called Why We Work. Uh, and he goes through several different talks and several different speakers, and they talk about the different philosophies and stuff, why, why around work and our kind of like our outlook and ideologies about work. It's a really good one. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll track that one down. And talking about work, did you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast this week? I, I, I can't remember who he was speaking Mm-mm. to but he was on about work and saying that people who enjoy their work which you know us three do we love it it's it should be a different word because you know we're not getting up at 2 a.m and going to a mine and working for 18 hours you know it's not oh, work yeah. you know so you're saying you know we need another word for people who technically it's work but they love what they don't see it as work don't you think, think we have enough words like- don't you think we have <laughs> enough words we have to come up with new words all the time Things, well, you're American. You do. You twist. I don't I mean, twist you, shit. I, I make I fucking <laughs> say the words that we used to say all the time. Airplane. It's airplane. I don't Let's care about aluminum. That. It's aluminium. You want? You want, a, you want a new word for work? Come on, man. It's like it's like a new gender. Come on, man. Just let's just keep going. Fine. Go ahead. Create up your new. I, you got me so mad. I don't know who got me so mad. I am so mad. Somebody got me fucking mad. New but Jeff, there's got to be a difference between when you're, you know, you're doing kind of like your forge practice for yourself, whether it's an integral knife or bottle openers, and then you're, you know, you're slamming out and systematizing and doing 50, uh, you know, bandito knives. I, there's a difference between that. I, those two things. there, I will tell you, I'll say that some things I enjoy more than others, but I get satisfaction from all of it. The more sure. forging I've been doing, the harder physical labor it's been, but it makes me feel more satisfied based on my mind and physicality. I feel younger when I'm forging a lot. That's just the way so it is. So do you see that as work? I see. I call it work. I'm back from work. This is I, if I don't if I if I don't categorize this as a job or a career or what I'm doing in order to fa- pay my bills and make money, then then uh, I need that. I need to I need to, this to be serious because otherwise people think that you're just fooling around and then you can go fishing all the time. I get that all the time. I get people calling me up saying, "Oh, fishing hey, and drinking wine." They don't. Yeah, I got people. I got people calling me up saying, "Hey, man, let's go fishing." I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, "I got the day off. Let's go fishing." I'm like, "I don't have the day off." What do you mean you don't have the day off? I said, "Got to work. I got to work to make money." Yeah, I got a guy. Yeah. I had a guy who wrote me on a, a Twitter and said. Who had said, "Hey, when you are you have a promo code for your knives? When are you going to uh, give a, a, a discount for us working slobs?" So what I was going, what I almost wrote was, "I'm a working slob too." But then instead, I was just like, "I don't have to tell you that I work six to seven days a week. I call it work. If I'm at the shop. I'm working." What I wrote instead was, "I my yacht 
doesn't grow gas itself. <laughs> that was my response was, I, you know, I had to go crazy because, you know, these people think that just because you're doing something <laughs> that you like, it's not work. You're you have to be serious. Definitely. You have to be serious about what you're doing. Otherwise, you're playing around. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead. Come up with your own. What's your what's the what's the it's new so word? What's his new words for work? Let's hear it. I don't know. It was just a well, discussion, but this should be another yeah, word. Well, you, didn't, you obviously didn't know. figure it out. So that's, you know, there's a lot of you. Should, we should come up with an idea for, you know, when does baking soda taste good? Well, I don't know what to say. Jeff, Jeff, are you okay this I'm week? I'm fucking hot okay? in this car. It's hot. And <laughs> I'm angry. I don't know what, I don't know what set me you off. Just turn on the AC. I can't. The only you're sending, I'm gonna, it's going to be, my AC is going to be com- competing with your draining water. <laughs> oh, we're gonna hear you sweating on the leather seats. We're gonna I hear the oh, I'm Jesus. Gonna stick, oh, I'm Jesus. gonna stick you on this chair. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Go ahead, keep going. I oh, fuck that guy with the work. Just say work. You're working. May be serious. That's all. All right. It's, it's hot in this car. <laughs> this next sponsor read. All right. So I want to give some love to uh, Combat Abrasives. Uh, they're great. They've been a great sponsor of us. They've been hooking you guys up with a great 10% deal on anything you buy from them by going to combatabrasives.com. You punch in uh, Knife Talk 10 when you go to checkout. That'll save you 10% off right off the top of anything that you buy from them. They got they got epoxies. They got handle material. They got all kinds of, of uh, belts, all shapes and sizes. And they'll actually even, if you have a specialty grinder, they can cut different lengths and different widths. So just get a hold of them. They'll take care of you. Um, and also, you know, they're going to actually be at Blade Show. And I'm going to be hanging out there with Jeff Fader. And, and Neil Kamimura, we got Kyla Cummings, we got Andreas Kalani. Uh, we're all going to be hanging at uh, the Combat Abrasives booth at one point or another. That's a, thank um, God so you said sure, that. I don't know what no one said it over me. I'm, all day, every day, the whole fucking weekend. <laughs> no, uh, make sure you swing by, say what's up to them. Uh, you know that might actually, if you to, if you want to try to save on some shipping, just the same way uh, Jeff's going to be loading up his bag with wood. Uh, you could be loading up with some abrasives and bring those home in your carry-on, check bag, whatever. Uh, probably not your carry-on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, come visit us. Say what's up, combat. If you if you come to Blade Show, um, I wish I knew their booth number. Now I feel like an idiot. You'll know that you'll know there, and tell them you tell them you learned about them from us. Tell them Absolutely. you learned about Absolutely. combat from Knife Talk. Let them know that Knife Talk is your favorite podcast, and let them know when you see them. Thank you very much for for sponsoring the show. Give them a little bit of, you know, give us a little sure. bit of kickback here. And again, go to combatabrasives.com. Anything you order them from them, make sure you punch in the promo code KNIFETALK10 and save yourself a little cash. There you go. Here we go. So we're coming up to episode 70 now. So I thought it's time to have a new bit. So oh. Myself, I've been doing the show for the 70 episodes, and Jeff and Morocco, we're probably on about 20, 25 episodes now. Um, we've never really set a milestone of where we think we are as, as makers. So it'd be really good to talk about what we'd like to improve ourselves. So I, I've got a bunch of things that over the next few months, I need to work really hard at, concentrate on, on improving these things. So I'm just wondering at you guys, you know, set some milestones. What would you like to see in six months? What would what would you like to see better by yourself? So let's start with so the this is the time capsule bit. 
It is. We can we can come back to this in six months and say, time well, capsule. you know, did did that get better? Crack did open the time better? capsule and Fader's still pissed off. So there you go. <laughs> Basically. Are we what, what do you with... think, Mareko? What, what's the one thing that you'd like to be better at? One thing I would like to be better at in the next six months. The biggest thing is I would really just like to get caught up with where things are at on my order list. Um, and so that kind of goes back to the organizational side of, uh, of the business and just staying focused on where I'm at, where I need to go, making good lists, sticking to those things to get caught up because, you know, over the last, whatever, three years, I've actually, I've had two moves I've had several setbacks, um, that are always pretty rough. And so it, it, it always pushes everything back. So I'm doing everything I can. And I think the biggest thing I could do for myself right now is just stay super focused. Uh, I have Blade Show coming up. And then after that, I'm just in the shop basically all the time to get caught up. So, yeah, just for me, my biggest thing I need to do is get caught up. So are we doing just six months or you want to just like a follow five-year plan? Whatever. This isn't a job interview. Whatever you think. It's not not work, (laughs) is it? We have a new need for work. Five years. (laughs) Oh, is this my turn? So, okay. Mareko, you've got you've got this this wait list, obviously, of people waiting yeah. for their knives. So, yeah. do you give them a sort of time slot, or you, you, do you just say literally there's a, there's a three year, four year list? You know, do, do you yeah, give them a time? So are they expecting at a certain time? Yeah. So, well, I give them a rough estimate, um, mm-hmm. and I also to kind of try to anticipate uh, any kind of you know setbacks or anything that happens. I, I make it clear that this is an estimated time of to begin their build. And as yeah. things change, I just make sure to to check back in with them and let them know how things are going. And fortunately, everybody is very, very understanding. They understand that you know that these are being these are handmade things. And hmm. you know, sometimes you know it's not as Jeff would say, lightning bolts and high fives all the time. So uh, or high fives and lightning bolts, whatever you say. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, people are very understanding, and so. Uh, but the key is communication, transparency, and so I just do my best to to estimate times based on where how many orders I have and how long each knife takes on average to build, and um, any but shit happens, and so hmm. now I'm I'm a bit a little bit behind. I'm about actually I think I'm about six months behind. So hopefully in the next six months I can bust some ass and get some shit done. Hmm. And sorry I keep swearing so much. Hmm. Sorry headphones, Charlie, stop listening. I should have said that before. Before he cursed, but fine. What do you think, Jeff? What, what's um, well, what's on the list? To be, to everything upon? I've been doing, even the little things like the bottle openers and the uh, the barbecue things. I'm trying to load up. We want to have stuff on our website, so mm-hmm. I'm working on. We're starting to do these a lot of what we're calling a culinary series where we're, I'm making batches of knives that we're putting up on our website. I'm not doing any promotion for it because we want to have stuff on the website. So I'm trying to have more things that people can click and buy. And that's been going great. Um, I'm trying to focus on having more of the custom side and the stock side separated to a certain degree. So I can actually actually we're looking at trying to get a new person in sooner rather than later. Um, And I'm trying to focus on the um, that's what I'm trying to focus on. I'm trying to focus on being able to have stuff on hand because just I don't. I like doing the custom orders, but it would be nice for us to say, 
for somebody who looking for a knife and they don't want to go back and forth 10 emails to figure out what kind of knife they are they can say ah i'll just take that i like that it makes everything easier it's just me and tony right now so it's like i it's i gotta make it easy for him too otherwise you know it's like he's just got a pile of emails to get through and in, I'll give you a little secret spoiler. In the next two years, I actually just wrote a letter of intent to be involved in this new. It's very, 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 very early on. To, I got asked to be in this uh, space um, in Westchester that they haven't even built yet, that they're looking for artists. They're looking for uh, craftspeople. They're looking for bakers. They're looking oh, wow. for they're looking for like this almost like an area. And they're, they've, they've approached me because I'm a part, it's part of peak skill and stuff like that. So they want to be able to have like almost like a show space. So like a crafts dish, crafts district not, or something. Well, like that. it's more like a, I mean, it's still early on and they, it's more like, it's more like a, like a fa- facility and they have all these different things where you can actually watch people do stuff. So I was asked to, you know, to get this thing going, I'm going to get, it's really beyond at the earliest stages, but I thought, well, look, if it happens in five years, I want to be involved. So that's something we want to do. I want to do more. It's, I want constant growth and it's never fast enough. So I try to, we look at weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals. I also want to pile of knives for Christmas. I had this crazy idea that I don't think it's going to happen, but I wanted to have like, 50 to 100 knives to sell direct at christmas yeah it's 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 like something that i've wanted to do i've been talking i talked to it i've been talking about it since last november it's still it's starting to become less than 50 it's closer (laughs) it's probably closer to 20 but it's something that i'm like i try to come up with these ideas i flesh them out and then i really try to make it happen carve out time the advent advent first of december a knife second december a knife each day like opening up a new window each day. Well, I, 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 it's not enough. Nothing's enough. I'm never going to, mm. my wife said to me, you're going to be satisfied. And I said, no. And she yeah. got depressed. And I said, well, if I'm ever satisfied, I might as well be, you know, the, the day I'm satisfied with how things are going, I might as well be dead. You know, you, you can never truly be satisfied. So I work hard and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the future. To be honest with you, I'm feeling very good. Cool. But you know, I could get you know, I could get could you know all these. I could something could happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Craig? Craig, where do you where do you want to see yourself oh, in the next six car. months? In, <laughs> in six months, um, for me, a lot of it is process. So, um, the whole idea with these these new ranges that I'm that I'm working on now is that they'll be very repeatable. So, all handmade but they'll just be repeatable. So the, the handle shape is, is the same each time. The blade shape is the same each time. Um, so I need processes to speed things up. So, you know, an example, you know, I could easily make a jig to make sure I'm drilling my holes for the bolts the same each time because the handle's the same each time. And at the moment, for some crazy reason, I'm not. Each time I'm marking them out and each time, and I'm just like, why am I? I could, t- I could take an hour out of the day, make this, and probably save me two hours every day. I I need to get into that mentality a bit more. So, you know, what I'd love to happen is is for everything to be process-led um, so I could bring somebody else in. So within six months, sure. I have somebody else here with me um, and, and they could do exactly what I do. Okay, Perfect. you know, especially with regards to the handles, that kind of thing. And when I, when I talk about these, these custom things that I'm talking about, you know, that I talked about earlier, the customization is really to do with the handles. Um, so all that kind of thing, it's, I wouldn't say it's dumb work, but it's work that can be 
easily repeated. So I just need to come up with processes so that can happen because, you know, things aren't what they were a year ago. I'm not in the shop nine till six, six days a week because I've got the babies here and, and I want, I, w- I want to spend time with the babies as much as I, you know, I'm dying to get into the shop when I get, when I get the time. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm spending time with the family. That, that, that's, that's what I want to be doing more of. Also, I need to up productivity. So I think, yeah, the way to do that is with these processes, then I can get somebody else in as well. Um, and I think that's realistic. Within six months, I think that's, that's more than realistic. So, yeah, it'd be fun to come back to this in six months' time and see where we are. I tell you what, I think that it's fabulous that this is happening for you because when, when you have pr- – you know, not set, I'm not talking setbacks, but like hurdles in order to mm. see your goals. You end up figuring out ways that are going to make uh, make these things work in a manner that you maybe you didn't think about before, and it's going to change yeah. the way you work completely. When my daughter yeah. was born, I was trying to spend more time with her, so I started doing smaller sculpture that I could kind of do the hard work, and then I could actually paint inside when I'm with her. So they were like handheld small birds and stuff like that. And it changed the way I looked at my work. It also changed the way I looked at sculpture in general. And it, I'm grateful for having that, you know, almost like a, it's not like a deadline, but it's almost like you have like, you know, there are, there are rules and, and you, you have to follow. It's not just, you have to work within the confines of the structure that you're in. And I think that that's going to make you better at what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Like I said, it is a case of having to think how can, I continue doing what I love, but also have this new thing in my life, which I love and spend time with both, you know? And yeah, it, it, it's got to be all about, pro- it's got to be process led everything. So that's great. That, that's, that's going to be happening. Fantastic. So this is going to be interesting. In six months time, we, we, we replay bits of this back to each other and, and just see where we are. It's going to be good. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not yeah. in this car. Hopefully I'm not in this car in six months. <laughs> if I'm sitting in this car, sweating my, well, it's going to be cold in six months, so maybe it'll be okay. All right. I was at the New Jersey Steel Baron yesterday, and I'm going to tell you something about our sponsor, New Jersey Steel Baron. They have a, a very clean, excellent facility. Uh, they are our sponsor for our steel. Uh, I got a whole I- uh, idea of how they get steel. Pete gets pallets of steel in. They cut the uh, they cut all the bars. And they package it. The place was very clean. The water jet was really cool. They have a knife-making facility. So they actually, not only do they use the steel, but they understand what you're doing. So there's a knife maker. Dale was there. He got to show me the knife shop. It was really awesome. What they do is they have all different types of steel. And not to mention, this is something that was fascinating. On their pallets, they have little cards. And on the card, it tells you the steel. It tells you where they got the steel. It tells you what the makeup of the steel is, and it tells you what heat treating batch it was in on that particular day. So if you have a problem, they know exactly where the steel comes from. And that's amazing. It reminds me of in the kitchen business, when you get muscles, you get uh, a little tag and you have to keep that tag. And if someone gets sick, they can look and they know exactly where those muscles came from and blah, blah, blah. They're very organized in regards to this product. Um, the St- New Jersey Steel Baron, they have a water jet cutting services. I saw a pile of, of uh, they're doing a piles of knives for other knife makers beautifully. Um, when you want to buy your steel, you go to their website. They're working on the website, but Pete's got a lot of big things going on. There's a lot of big things going on in New Jersey Steel Baron. They're going to be down at the Blade Show. Uh, Dale, go say hi to Dale. Dale's their knife maker. He's great. All those guys, are they were super cool. 
it's a family oriented business. They, um, I, I was very impressed. I was super impressed with what I saw down at the New Jersey Steel Baron. They, it's just, you know, and they listen, they all listen to the podcast. They're great guys. They do a lot of things together and, you know, support them. And, uh, they're going to have some discounts soon. The, 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 they really are working on the website. They're working on a lot of new things for, to make the New Jersey Steel Baron better. So I, went on I wonder on if any of our listeners are going to Blade, if they want to order, whether they could pick it up at Blade. Oh yeah. They have, they usually bring a pile of steel and you can walk. I've seen people, you know, yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. You can yeah, definitely cool. buy lengths of steel from them direct. So sure. I, yeah, I've seen that too. People walking around with their bars of steel at the show. I was just impressed with how Pete wants to like update the business. He's got a lot of really great plans. They're organized as it is. They're getting more, they're changing the way they do things to a certain degree, but it's they're they're ramping up and it's they're ramping up with all of them. And I I was very very impressed with the New Jersey Steel Baron. They were great and I it's just they're they're very community oriented. They know everybody. They're, you know, they're good people. They're good people. Go sponsor, go cool. buy your get up steel from them. Community showcase. So this is Craig's community showcase, and what we do is we highlight someone from the from uh, the community uh, that's you know that we like or maybe needs a little bit of a push or whatever, or someone we think that you should check out. And we also now we're doing it like a little game show where we get thirty seconds to hit the post. That means when the thirty seconds are up, you got to be done with your plug, and the closest to the plug does the nicest job. Craig, are we ready? Uh, it's you first, right? Yep, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's see it. Okay, so oh, Jesus, this name is not easy to say. <laughs> G dot L underscore Hanson and Sons. Now they used to be uni- unique my Carter, so they're still at uniquemycarter.com. They do <laughs> it's on the tin, unique my Carter. So just an example, they've got this bacon maze cut my Carter. So rather than these straight lines that you normally see in my Carter, it, it's like wavy. And it looks like bacon. It looks you could lick it, it looks incredible. So G dot L underscore handsome sons. Wow. Wow. Right at the finish line. <clears throat> right at the finish line. You ready, Jeff? Yes, sir. Go. This one goes out to Kasumi Kev. That's Kev Pellegrino. He's out in Illinois. He is a cook. He does a lot of videos where he's cutting stuff. He does a lot of oblique cuts and knife skills. He also does these weird videos where he's staring into the camera like a sociopath, cutting paper towels. Well, let me tell you, he's a good guy to follow. I once said to him, do you ever use a Japanese mandolin? And he said to me, Japanese mandolins are for pussies. Go follow Kev. There you go. <laughs> hey, get that dog out of here! Get that dog out of here! Get that dog out of here! Go on, get that dog! Oh, cheating again! He's also cheating he's also again. the guy that asked the question a few episodes back, starting with, "Hey, you sexy fucking!" Bitches. I got it. Hey, you fucking sexy bitches! Can oh. I? Yeah, he's, <laughs> I got it mixed it's up. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a deranged hissing. A hissing Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> hey, you fucking sexy bitches. <laughs> hey, 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 sexy bitches. <laughs> oh, Are you ready, Morocco? Yes, I think so. Three, two, one. 
Alright, this week I want to give some love to my friend Heather Haas. She's on Instagram, Heather, or sorry, h.j.h.a.a.s Haas. Uh, she is just a badass maker. She does a really good job. Uh, she spends a lot of time with uh, making chef's knives, and she's learned a lot from makers up at the New England School of Metalwork, especially uh, Timothy Cotier. Uh, but ish, I met her first at Blade Show, and she's just awesome. And there's very few women doing this craft, and so please go check her out. Did done. Did we'll give done. you the three seconds extra. Did done. Good. Did done. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Where's the beat? All right, listen, you sons of bitches. We, we 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 it's over, man. It's over. So we get all irritated. And I'm super irritated. You know, it's about 120 in this goddamn car right now. And, I, and, and we, we basically, we complain about something that's got ground our gears. Something that's, you know, a lot of times it's something that's bugged you too. So uh, here's, uh, this is when we, our chance to vent. And if I vent anymore, there's going to be no oxygen in this goddamn car. I'm gonna, it's going to be crack all carbon window, monoxide. <laughs> crack crack the window. Let me turn open the door. Oh, I open the door. That's so much better now. <laughs> oh my god i mean it's literally it's like steam coming out of this fucking thing it's like cheech and chong it's like <laughs> oh man it feels so much better oh my god there's like steam coming off of me jesus christ go ahead craig what's your beef okay it's well it's one of two i think i'm gonna go with time or the lack of it it just bugs me how time is just slipping away. And it's, it's, it's not like money. You, you can't spend it and then earn some more. It's, once time is gone, it's gone. You're not seeing that again. So it needs to be used really carefully. So at the moment, I'm struggling for enough hours in the day. I'm getting up early. I'm going to bed super late. Who invented time? These people are idiots. Time, <laughs> time is my beef. Oh, man. That's a, that's a serious one right there. Jeff, what's your beef? All right, when I made these guys, oh, at some point, if you can remind me, I'll tell you how to make those those uh, those twists, those real twists yes, at the end. Yes. Remind me. So I made these, I made these barbecue hooks, and they are, and they were fun to make. I just wouldn't really think too much about them, and I made them in the right handed because I'm right handed, and I just thought, eh, we'll see what happens. I started getting these DMs from people saying, "Well, what about me? I'm left handed. I got like five of them." What about me? I see you didn't make any left-handed people, left-handed hooks. What about me? What about me? What about you? I I tell you what, I grew up in a family where I had someone in my family. If I went to the refrigerator and got a drink and I came into the room, they'd, she'd, they would say, well, what about me? Not, hey, could you get me one? It's, it's I, exp I how could you not think of me when you did this? And I, 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 I what, what gets me crazy is these people. What about me? You got to learn that communication is like a combination lock. If you if you're trying to unlock a combination lock without the combination, you're just going to fight the combination. You're never going to open it. But if you if you have the combination, you use it. You'll get what you need. So when you speak to other people, use your head. If you had said, "Hey, I'd, I'd love I'd love one, but I'm left-handed. Do you think you could make one left-handed?" Yes, of course. When you write. What about me? I'm going to say, fuck away off. Go get some tongs. Flip your steak with your fucking dick for all I care. I don't really care. <laughs> Open that door again, Jeff. Crack a window again. I, just, I am so, I'm feeling a lot better. My, uh, my, my left side of my body feels great. The right side's still a little bit pissed off. So just use your head. Guys, stop with it. Don't, don't, 
don't say what about me. That, that's our society too. Like, what about me? What about me? Mm. Well, I'm not the ADA. This isn't, I just made some barbecue flippers. Go ahead and say, hey man, you think I love one, but I'm left-handed. I'll make you one, but don't, don't, what about me? What about me? I, I don't care about you. There you go. Beef out. Jeff's bespoke service there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that wasn't, I mean, look. Just flip it with your dick. <laughs> <is> your <reply. laughs> that's a crazy thing to say, but you know, it's hot here. <laughs> yeah, that's not why I said that. <laughs> oh, Morocco, have you got a beef? I, I have a very, I have a minor beef, and um, and and it has to do with the move and being back in Washington, and I have a lot of folks. <laughs> Shut the I'm fuck sorry. up! No, I'm, just I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's so hot. No, it's so good. hot. <laughs> you're delusional well, I, now. now we switched out you, you need to dip your head in an ice in the bucket halfway there's the hottest time of the day we're recording now so it's a little hotter in here but it's fine i don't mind this go ahead i apologize <laughs> no you're good you're good um so i moved uh as we're well aware and I, uh, I i've been getting a lot of messages of people been like oh i'm in washington i would love to come see your shop i'd love to come see your shop over and over and over again and it's very flattering and i appreciate it but it goes back to that whole thing of you know, I appreciate it, but I actually have a lot of work to do. I don't have the time to stop, talk to everybody. Um, and also because I'm working out of somebody else's, basically somebody else's house, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not inviting anybody to come over to somebody else's house to hang and see the shop. I mean, this is somebody else's private. It's like me coming up to, up to your shop, Jeff. And then being like, by the way, I got 20 people coming over because they like, like, that's just rude. That's not right. So my minor beef is with people uh, assuming that they can come by and uh, inviting themselves over. And I'm sorry to say it's it's just not going to happen. Uh, we are working on some things that uh, that will be more kind of community or oriented, but I don't think it's going to be happening at uh the shop it's going to be at other public places um so that's your chance to come say what's up when when those things are going on but that's it just oh give a bad what's direction the toilet like in the new shop <laughs> what's that what's the toilet like in the new shop uh it's in the house oh <laughs> it's a nice it's nice mm-hmm. nice quilted paper <laughs> beautifully quilted yes it's artisanal quilted <sighs> paper (laughs) i think we've run out of ideas to talk about that's a show that's a show so actually can can i do do a a twist i I gotta do you gotta before you do that go ahead you say your thing we gotta promote you and i gotta tell how to do the twist i said i would do the twist yeah yeah all right so really quick i just want to remind everybody i'm still doing the pre-sales for the calendars, the calendars presale ends at the end of Blage. So June 9th is the last day to get your presale in. And if you have actual dates for hammer-ins, I want to get your event on the calendar. But I need actual physical dates between July 2019 and June 2020. So get a hold of me, send me a DM, and get those pre-orders in. You can hit the link on my Instagram uh, profile. That'll take you to the Artisans of Steel calendar. And uh, and I appreciate and thank everybody who has been so supportive and getting one so far. Um, I'm really excited to get these out. So again, 
calendar presale ends in about a week, basically. And then, uh, yeah, I need dates for hammering events. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. Twisty, twisty. Mr. All right. Jeff. So here's the thing. So I made these uh, barbecue hooks and I used a special twist called, they call it, some people call it the cube twist. Twists are super easy. This is something that, Craig, you could do really, really quickly. All you really, you don't need a forge and a hammer. You, don't, or you, do, you need a forge or, or a kiln. So basically yeah. what you're doing is when you see twists, basically what it is, it's the profile of, it's the center cut profile. When you twist it, it makes the contrast between the corners of the steel and the flats of the steel. So when you do the, what you do is take through, we're going to just do it on a six inch piece of steel. You're going to incise lines in the middle of all three, all four sides of the, of the knife. Right of yeah. the of the piece of steel, all four sides, and it's all based on equality. So if it's a half inch, if it's a half inch knife, you go in the middle, and what you're going to do is you're going to take two opposing corners of the of the steel, and you're going to segment out um, based on the size of the steel. I if I had a half inch steel block, I would do quarter inch spacings, and then you do quarter you make quarter inch marks, and then with a grinder you just cut between on the you cut the corner of the steel. From the lines that you put in on the top to the lines you put in on the side. So you're just doing two corners. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. All right. So yeah. then what you want to do is just try not to cut all the way through. So you cut through the center lines because it'll make little knocks. And then what you can do is you can take a little chisel and then finish off those last bits. So you want to make sure that it's that it's little cubes in the corners of the opposing corners. And then all you do is you stick it in a forge. And then you put it in a vice up, uh, you put it in the vice and then you do it uh, like I was doing counterclockwise twists. One full revolution was enough to do three inches, but the tighter you twist it, the tighter your twist is going to be. All these twists are super easy. I'm actually going to do um, some progressions of different kinds of twists. Twists are the unsung hero, especially when you guys are doing a lot of uh, blacksmith knives, uh, especially when you're doing a lot of... Um, train spike knives for lack of a better word there's a lot of great things other than twist if you just hit a corner you that makes a different profile but the cube tisk twist is, is super easy and it's definitely the best man for your buck did that make sense it looks impressive it looks it, very impressive did, I, did it make sense i explained it tell me if i didn't make sense it does yes yeah. so, uh, to be honest with you since i've seen your picture this week i've looked it up a bit as well to see how they're done and like you said it's bang for your buck it looks really impressive it, it, for the amount for sure. you, you can do it with a chisel do it hot but the I will uh, the problem is when you incise the lines the long lines down the faces mm. that's easy but if you have a if you have a a wide chisel it's going to fuck up your cubes so the grinder really goes fast i think i did one in maybe i would say all day maybe 6 or 7 minutes and here's one thing i'm going to tell you that's very important when you do twists the last thing you want to do is hit it on an anvil with a hammer so what happens is, is a lot of times you have to straighten it. You've got to use a wooden mallet because the wooden mallet's going to give you the force to straighten it, um, and it won't give you dings. Gotcha. So otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you. if you hit it with a hammer and an anvil on an anvil, you're going to just ding up all your work. Yeah. And if you're do like if I were going to do like a, a knife, let's say I was going to do a train spike knife and I was going to use the cube twist handle. I would do the last thing I would do would be the twist. I would pr do all the preparation up till then and then do the twist the very, very last because you don't want to touch that again. You don't want to and, and then hit it with a wire brush while it's hot and it's going to look great. 
Gotcha. I'm going to give it a go. This That's my challenge uh, this week. It's definitely, it's it like, it could, it could be one right. of the easiest things to do. You just need a, you know, an adjustable wrench, really, and a vice. Yeah. And one, if you're using a train spike, it's kind of good because, you know, a train spike has a direction. You know how, you know how many times you've gone. So like, yeah. and, and it is good to be able to go around. So when you see the twist start at the top, it ends the same place on the bottom. So if you do a complete revolution, that's going to give you, that's going to give you one complete Perfect. twist. Yeah. The the last blacksmith knife I did, I actually I did that wooden mallet trick, but I also used uh, like a little gooseneck in the Pritchett hole to hold down a, a piece of two by yeah. four. So I'm actually I got the steel between two pieces of wood, so it's not denting or wow. I guess deforming from the bottom side as well. That... But you have to be careful because uh, it will it it'll go if you go too wild, it'll get all wonky and all over the place. So if you do the wood on wood, basically, you gotta go. Uh, <laughs> go a little easy (laughs) he likes that he like craig like craig likes wood talk he's a he 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 loves that (laughs) but you know if you're when you're twisting when you're twisting it you want to try to hold it you want to i don't i don't like twisting where the bar is on the side of the vice i like going straight up and down because if Mm. you hold it if you walk around the vice instead of just like twisting with your hands you're going to keep it straighter and it's easier to fix you can use it you don't have to have a wooden mallet you can use a baseball bat although the first time i did it i used a two by four and I just use a two by four and yeah. I look like a crazy person hitting this hot piece of steel with a two by four. But, so do you uh, use the, 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 the vice, um, the faces of the vice? Is that at the bottom of the twist or do you just put it, you know, you yes. just go from the top? So like, let's just say, let's just twist. say that yeah. I'm using a train spike and I put it up. So the train spike is at the top. What I'll do yeah. is I'll put it in the, vi- I'll get the seal hot enough. The whole thing is hot. And then you have to, when you're doing twists, a lot of times you really can't do it one, you got to do it one time. Otherwise it just, it always, if it's, it's not evenly heated, it's going to twist weird. Deform. It's going to twist weird. And the cubes won't kind of look like they're, they won't kind of separate out. They won't look good. They'll look kind of, you can kind of make them all kinked. That's so I, I put it up as high as I wanted the twist to stop. And then I had enough, I made sure that when I, I made sure that I had enough room based on where I cut all my indentations that I had room for the, the, the adjustable wrench because I didn't want to use a uh, plumber's wrench. So it was going to screw up the, the teeth were going to screw up the uh, yeah. whatever or vice grip. Those teeth yep. just bite into your steel. But if you yeah. use like an adjustable yeah. wrench and you know, and you prepare yourself, you know where you're going, you know exactly when, as soon as it comes out, it's going to the vice. I got my wrench right there. You do one full revolution. You take a look and then it's while it's hot. You hit it on the, you can hit it. Yeah. You can hit it on a stump or a wood or, you know, just as long as you're not doing, you know, hard steel you're not going to leave indentations and the force is going to straighten everything out and if you need to if you need to if you need to uh and 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 if it's not straight and you need to fix it you can put it back in the forge heat it up and then go back and forth with the with but you want to use like a wooden ballot you want to use a baseball bat whatever you got that's not steel because otherwise one ding in your rubik's in your cube and it looks it looks awful Got you. I'm there on you it. Go. Definitely this week. I'm going to do one. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I yeah. mean, it's it's yeah. so much. No one knows how you do. No one realizes how easy they are. Yeah. And do, cool. you, do your cool. spacing equal. Do your space. Try to do your spacing as equal as possible, and you'll you'll uh, you'll love it. Yeah. Nice one. Nice. There you go. That's definitely a yeah. show. So remember, you've got um, Morocco's calendars. Go and pre-order them. Um, Get yourself ready for Blade. Um, I won't be there, but Jeff and Mareka will be. There will be a show next week, bef- um, which we will record in the week. So that'll be, you know, roundabout Blade time. That'll be coming out. 
Um, thank you again to our sponsors, Clarix Metalworks, Combat Abrasives, New Jersey Steel. Uh, I get it wrong. I, I nearly said uh, New Zealand Steel Baron. I've said that a few yeah, times already. Not New Zealand. New Jersey Steel Baron. Um, thank you all so much. Um, a little reminder about the, about the forum at um, knifetalk.net. There is now a, a buying and selling board on there. So if you've got any old equipment you want to get rid of, that's the place to do it. There's no commissions taken or anything like that at all. It's, you know, just stick it up there. Um, and thank you for listening. And we we'll should speak to you again. Lastly, 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 you guys, you guys want to do something for us. Go buy Mareko's. This is your last chance for this calendar. Go get a calendar yeah. from Mareko because he does a lot of awesome stuff and he's our friend and we support him. I got my calendar. Go get your calendar, your artisans in steel. Come on, do your, do your, do your job. Thank you. Well, true. Do your job. There we go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.